Deuteronomy chapter 8. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Hallelujah. And while you're looking for that, I'll read you a funny joke. I say it's funny, and I would appreciate it if you laughed. Not yet. You're jumping ahead of me. Wait until the punchline. <laughs> Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 18. But the title of this joke is called Black and White. It says, attending a wedding for the first time, a little girl whispered to her mother, why is the bride wearing a white dress? The mom replied, because white is the color of happiness. And today is the happiest day of her life. The child thought about it for a moment, then said, so why is the groom wearing black? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Loose, get loose, get relaxed. You know, if you looked, if we were to actually see, we could kill these lights here if we could because they are just blinking all over me. Um, but if you were to look at the face of Jesus, he wouldn't look like this. He's, I think the best representation of the face of Jesus is that of our pastor, Pastor Juan. Who can honestly say you've ever seen him like really angry? He's, he goes to sleep like this. I mean, He's always smiling. He's always smiling. He could be the only person drowning in the middle of the ocean. Help! Help! Jesus is always smiling. He's having a good time. So we want to rejoice in the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. You are really doing it to me. I feel like it's 1970s disco in here. Give me an afro and some bell bottoms and I'm ready. Can we just unplug them? They're really blinking on me right now. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Woo, I'm in Broadway taking. I'm just taking pictures. I don't know what else to do here. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Deuteronomy 8, 18. This scripture is so important to me that my wife and I, we actually painted a mural of this scripture on our wall in our home. The scripture says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And a lot of people stop right there. I like going a little further. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is this day. Deuteronomy 8.18. You know, God, God's covenant is confirmed through wealth. Let me explain that. When God blesses you, it is confirmed, it is proven fact that he has blessed you when people see the blessings on your life. One of the ways that the nation of Israel was proven to be blessed above all the other nations was that they had wealth. But a lot of times, especially in this day and age, people don't want to believe that. They think it's greedy. They think it's carnal. They think it's fleshy. They think it's not godly, unholy. You pick whatever word you want to use. But God confirmed his covenant on his people by manifesting wealth in their life. In other words, let's talk about it as it plainly should be said. They were rich. They had money, moolah, cheddar, cash, paper, Benjamins, whatever you want to call it. They had it. I like what Mike Murdoch says. Show me what is so holy about being poor. Tell me the last song you wrote on how much you loved poverty. God confirmed his blessing upon the nation of Israel through wealth. And he knew that that wealth brought with it a certain power. Think about the rich. You've all heard stories about rich people who get their way in court because they had the money to pay off this or pay off the lawyer, pay off the judge or had enough money to stay out of prison to hire the right attorney. You guys remember back in the early 90s when O.J. was in trial, he hired Johnny Cochran, and he was acquitted. Why? I'm sure he paid Johnny Cochran a lot of money to keep him out of jail. Now, whether you think he was guilty or not, which I kind of have the sentiment, I know what you feel about the matter, but he was not guilty because he had the money. People who have money carry with them a certain power. Now, if you're a good person, you do good with that power. If you're a bad person, you do bad with that power. But it brings with it a power. And God knows that when we possess wealth, 
We carry a certain power with us. And that power can sometimes cause us to forget who God is. How many of you have ever said, Lord, if you give me this promotion, I promise I'll go to church every Sunday. You got the promotion, but you never showed up. God, if you give me this car, I promise I'll drive to church every Sunday. And then you kind of drove to the McDonald's every other Sunday. I just this morning on the way in, in Apopka, do you know the airfield where they fly the remote control airplanes? They were doing dives like this. I said, the whole, right, the sky was filled with planes. They were going, I said, look at this. None of them are going to church. And then I started thinking, maybe they're Adventists. No, none of them are going to church. They're just flying planes. There are guys out in the golf course, ladies out in the, just golfing away, people at the beach. That's not to say that they're not Christian, because every now and then we take breaks. But how many are out there that are not in church that should be? honoring and remembering the Lord, but they've forgotten. The good life has caused them to forget who God is. We get comfortable when we're blessed. We get relaxed when we're blessed. We don't want to pray. Jesus loves me. But it's when our marriage is messed up, when we're battling sickness and disease, when bill after bill is piling up that we start, we really get in the presence of God. But when things kind of calm down a bit, so does our prayer life. We kind of forget. So does our reading time because we kind of forget. So does our church attendance because we kind of forget. How many of you ever heard of a person called Patrice Russian? I knew you would raise your hand. You knew that? I said if there's one person in this church who's going to raise his hand, it's going to be Ron. Now, if you'd say that name to me, I wouldn't know it either. But maybe you remember one of her famous songs in 1982 was the most popular one. Sending you forget-me-nots. Hope that you remember. Nobody? Nothing? Lord, they were born singing glory, glory, hallelujah. They have never stepped in a disco hall, Father. They are so holy. <laughs> Patrice Russian. Now, later on in the mid-90s, 1996, Will Smith Read a remix to that song for Men in Black. Here come the men in black. Wave your hand if you've heard it, seen it. Thank you very much. God, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting Jesus. The song, she was writing it to her love, saying, I'm sending you these letters. I'm sending you these calls. I'm sending you these cute little notes so you remember me, so you don't forget me. Because people have the tendency to forget. Forget me not was the name of her song. I title this message, Sending You Forget-Me-Nots. See, God has a way to send you word through a prophet, through the Bible, through prayer time. I've even had God speak to me time and time and time again through a budget truck that's moving along the street. There's, you know, budget, the mover company, just passing by, and God would speak to me through that. God would speak to me through a sign because he sends you forget-me-nots of who he is. Because we have to constantly be reminded of who God is and what he's done for us. God says in Joshua chapter 1, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. That's Pastor Juan's favorite scripture. He wouldn't allow me to say it the other day. He offered $100 to any student who could say it by memory. He wouldn't let me say it. I say, you robbed me of my harvest, Pastor. (laughs) This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night because you cannot forget who I am. How? Think of this for a minute. You are the nation of Israel. You have Moses. Come on, man, Moses. This isn't David Copperfield. This is Moses. He didn't perform tricks. He's not Houdini. He's an ordained man of God, called by God. Face shining like angels up in the mountain 40 days. Lightning and thunder, miracles and wonders. I mean, this is him. The the commandments, he brought them down. He opens the Red Sea. But before the Red Sea, and still, I, I still get goosebumps when I think of the Red Sea opening. Before that, there were 10 plagues that came across the, na- the nation of Egypt. Plague after plague is like, whoa, and none of it ever affected the Israelites. They saw all this. And despite all the miracles, despite all the, you know, all the wonder bread that came from heaven, despite all of that, they forgot God. 
like this. Because we have the tendency to forget. I want to speak to you this morning about how to remember God. There are three points I want to cover. The first is this. People forget. How many of you can say amen to that? We forget. It's not that we're evil. We're not. It's not that we're bad or horrible people. We just forget. What do we forget? (laughs) See if you can identify with some of these as I call them out. We forget birthdays. You mean it's today? Yeah, it's the same day every day of my life. When I was 14 years old, you guys, if you've ever felt bad about someone forgetting your birthday, uh, Josh and TJ, I was 14 years old, just starting to attend a church. Everybody loved me. I told this story in Smyrna. Someone had bought me a cake. Was that you, Mom? You bought me a cake? Someone had bought me a cake, snuck it into the church without me knowing. We were, it was Friday night. Every Friday night we had a custom to eat pizza. Every Friday night, I felt like a ninja turtle. We ate pizza every Friday night. Then we went to somebody's house to have a church fellowship. So in the midst of all that, getting ready to leave, someone brought a cake for me. I didn't know I was in the bathroom. They hit it. They put it on the radiator. Somebody put it on the radiator. The cake melted. They forgot. And I really didn't feel like going because nobody that night had said happy birthday to me. Not one person. Not the pastor. Nobody. It stings. When nobody says happy birthday, but it hurts even worse that the pastor kind of forgets, you know? Because we sometimes we kind of, even though he's not God, we kind of see him as all-knowing, you know? And he didn't remember my birthday. So I left that day. I was so crushed. I was so broken. We forget. They were just being human. People forget. We forget birthdays. We forget anniversaries. How many of you here are married and you forgot your wedding anniversary? Nobody? Wow, you guys are good. All right. (laughs) I know they're trying to play me, Jesus. So here we go. How many of you, (laughs) let me put it this way. How many of you the day before realized you didn't get a gift for your husband or wife for your anniversary? Ah, now we got some hands. We got, no, that's a good man. He probably forgot the day of. (laughs) My wife is watching, Pastor Danny. I can't admit that. She's got Periscope on right now. We forget birthdays. We forget anniversaries. We forget appointments. That was today. I can't. We forget due dates for bills. Then we get love letters in red. Past due, past due. We forget ingredients to cooking. How many of you cook well? Let me tell this story. I'm getting the look from my wife. I don't care. The anointing is on me. I feel so strong when I leave the stage that it's the anointing of David. I'm on the run like Saul, you know. (laughs) My wife is an excellent cook. She really is. Everything. I'm talking regular food, baked goods. I'm not a cooker. I'm the eater. I'm the kind of person, if you ask me to help you cook in the kitchen, I'm going to be dipping my finger every and then until all of it is gone. Then it doesn't come out right. I've been known to eat it just raw. Just, it's taking too long. Just put my hand in the boiling pot. Ah! And I still got it, you know. I'm the eater. Well, and over the course of time, she's gotten better. She, you know, she, she uh, with my mom, even with Miss Janice, she loves to cook Spanish, Puerto Rican food, right? I love that. Well, she made some beans a few weeks ago that didn't come out too good. Now, her beans are really good. He's laughing hard. Were you at my house that day? I don't know. <laughs> she made, now, her beans are really good. She uses the Goya beans that my mom uses. You know, they're like the red can. They're really good. And she puts the sofrito. Sazón con achote. Azafran. It's almost like she's like Mickey Mouse. And, you know, the, 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 what's that? The sorcerers. Are, you know, and there's just all this stuff. And it smells so good, you know. He's just flapping away. But this particular, I was hungry. Well, there's never a day I'm not hungry. Even when I'm not hungry, I'm still hungry. How many of you know what I'm saying? Are you hungry? Not really, but I could eat, you know. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Well, we'll go to the Golden Corral. We can go to Corral. I'm not really hungry. And then you're there five times. Like, I don't know. They was just throwing it on my plate. <laughs> well, I was hungry. And she made some rice and beans, some chicken. Everything came out great except the beans. They didn't come out so good. And I said something to her knowing that I was going to get in trouble, but I wanted to be truthful. 
Because I can't hide when I don't like food. And I just, it's great. You know, I can't hide it. I got to tell her the truth. And, and my wife doesn't like when I critique her food so much. It's true. We need, you, you need to be honest in church. It's true. So I said, Victoria, these beans did not come out good. And she kind of like, she said, I tried. I don't know. I tried. I said, how come you don't write it down? It's because sometimes cooking is like an art. You can't write it down. You kind of got to feel it like, yeah, yeah. You know, you just got to feel it. You just, you can't go five spoons of sugar. You know, you just, you can't do it that way. You got to. You just got to feel it. You know, sometimes if you're in a bad mood, it comes out salty. You know, if you're happy, it comes out great. I said, I said to her, but didn't you write down the recipe to make the beans? We forget sometimes the ingredients we use. Sometimes we make the most delicious cake and we try to duplicate it the next time and it comes out flat. It just, I don't know. Because we forget. And then the next time you try to cook, oh, I forgot to add the brown sugar. And it comes to your mind. We just forget. How many of you that's happened to you? We forget to make phone calls. I was supposed to call them back. I forgot. We forget to take out the trash, to bring in the dog and put out the cat. Yaggedy yak. Don't talk back. We forget to walk the dog, and then, and then when you, you get home, the dog is in, speaking in tongues, trying to get out the door. You won't let the dog out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Come here, Coco. And then the dog darts out, whatever he can find, and just does his business. We forget to turn on the dishwasher. Has anybody ever opened a dishwasher, taken out a plate to put their food on, realized it was dirty? Anybody? Oh, I didn't wash this. That's nasty. We forget to turn off the iron. How many of you have burned clothes because you forgot to stand the iron up top? You just kind of left it down like, oh, I forgot. You forget to feed the fish, and then it goes belly up. When you get back from vacation, what is that smell? You forget to flush the toilet. <laughs> I'm not talking about put the toilet seat up. I mean flush it. Sometimes we're so deep in thought. Does anybody read? When they're on the toilet, come on, let's get on it. They're so holy, Father. They don't, they don't, they don't want to talk about it. Maybe we read or we're praying or we're deep in thought or something. It's just something is, we forget to flush. Three hours later, one of your children or your spouse says, oh. And it's not you trying to be gross. You just forgot. Something is so simple and automatic and, and something you do every day, sometimes several times a day, depending where you are, you flush the, you just forget. You forget to check the mail. Meanwhile, the mailman thinks you died because everything's piling up in the mailbox. You forget to take your medicine. You forget to take, <laughs> you forget to, how to take your medicine. So you take too much and now you're like this all day. <laughs> like, what's going on? You forget to charge your phone. And you thought it said 100 when it said 10%. You forget to bring your phone. You forget your homework. You guys ever forget your homework? You, ever, you know what's messed up is when you work hard on it, like all night, and then you forgot it. Like, oh, oh, I did my homework all night and I forgot it. You forget to pray. How many of you have been so busy? You run out the house. I didn't even pray. Jesus, forgive me. And you feel bad the rest of the morning. <laughs> I forgot to talk to the master. And he's up there laughing. It's okay. <laughs> Forget to read our Bible. We're doing, we're reading through the Bible for the year. How many of you forgot to read your Bible? Maybe not this morning, but sometime this year. Forget. I couldn't believe it. The other day, I, I'm, see, I'm, I went to, we went to Washington, D.C., and I'll get to this a little later. And, boy, we ate, well, me in particular. I was eating. There's this place. How many of you have been to D.C.? Anybody been to D.C.? There's this place in D.C. in, in uh, uh, Arlington, near the Arlington Cemetery called Shoppers. It's Shoppers, right? Shoppers Supermarket? They have something called Colossal Donuts. They're humongous. They're like three in one. 69 cents. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was, we were robbing them. I mean, it was humongous. We were eating them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, taking them back to the hotel. We went through TSA checkpoint with a huge box of donuts like this. 
And the lady recognized us, right? She said, or recognized the donuts, not us. She said, you went to Shoppers. She says, every time my family comes from New York or something, they always want me to go to Shoppers, and we all eat the donuts there. And I was eating donuts left and right. What am I? I gained, I gained, you know, I ate some chocolate. It made my clothes shrink, whatever. So now I'm trying to run, get back into shape. I was in such a rush to get out the house because I had to get to work on time that I forgot to pray and read my Bible. Just totally forgot because we can be forgetful. We forget. We just, we're, we're the type of people that it doesn't mean that we're bad. It doesn't mean that we're not focused, but we just forget. I am convinced that no matter how much we try to remember things, we will forget. That's just what we do. We can be so forgetful sometimes. As mentioned earlier, this Thursday, May 25th at 1 p.m., right here in our sanctuary, we will be holding our 18th annual graduation and award ceremony. Now, there are graduations happening all over the United States. Some have already happened. Some are happening this week. Some are happening next week. Some are happening the week after. There are a lot of graduations happening, both high school graduations, middle school, kindergarten, elementary, college, graduating, tech school, all kinds of graduations. Here's the scary part, though. We have a generation and a generation and generations that are coming that have forgotten our culture, that have forgotten our American heritage, that have forgotten God. Number one, I said people forget. There is a generation coming and generations that are coming after it that have forgotten who we are. Let me try to remind or, or kind of jog your memory a little bit. Kendall, can we put the very first slide up? Growing up, this was a very popular store in my neighborhood in Brook Avenue of the Bronx. You can put that first image up for me. Woolworths. Anybody remember Woolworths? Very popular. Some maybe a little less than 10 years ago, they went bankrupt, broke. Woolworths have been around 100 years. 100 years. And when you heard the news, all oh, Woolworths stores are closing, you were shocked like, what? It can't be. Because sometimes we equate success with eternity. If something is successful for so long, we think it'll never stop. But even Michael Jackson, who said, don't stop till you get enough, died at age 50. At 50 years old, young. I remember my wife and I, we were sitting on the sofa. We got a text message from someone in our family. Michael Jackson is dead. And I couldn't believe it. I said, this is a hoax. Somebody's scamming. And when we turn on the news, every news station, radio, everything, web, internet, Michael Jackson's dead. Couldn't believe it. Because you would think someone like him would never die. He's just, he's, he's, because he's, he's so successful, you think he's so, you think he's eternal, he'll last forever. Woolworths, no longer around. How about the next one, Mr. Davis? Blockbuster video. Who here has been to Blockbuster, rented movies? We've all been to Blockbuster. That was like the place to be on a Friday night. Ooh, I gotta get all Top Gun, yeah. Did you get the popcorn? Yeah. Everybody's going to Blockbuster. That was, you know, remember the little thing they used to put on the, the tape? Be kind. Rewind. Remember that? Rewind. Nobody remembers rewinding. Everything is disc, MP3, all this other stuff. iPods. But Blockbuster, they're gone. Some people don't remember Blockbuster. What's the next one, Mr. Davis? Ah, floppy disks. Remember those things? I remember using those my... Ah, let's see. It was, uh, yeah, my freshman year in college, I was still using them. They were kind of phasing them out, but the computer still kind of had the floppy disk inserts. Now, you don't use these anymore, right? We got USB, flash, jump drives, all these other stuff. But floppy disk. What's the next one, Mr. Davis? Ah, cassette tapes. Only Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy uses this. But uh, nobody else uses cassette tapes. I mean, we, I remember I, you used cassette. We got to pray for you. It is time for at least a CD player, Marty. Some of you got the oldies, the goodies on it. You can't find them anywhere else. Okay, okay. 
And I remember I used to take these, and I was in junior high school. I used to make mixtapes for my friends. And I put all the, you know, all this mixtape. Oh, you got the mixtape? I got what you need. I got what you need right here. You know, be in the hallways of the school. Mixtape. You know, that was the best thing because, I mean, before that, let's not talk about eight tracks, right? You couldn't rewind. At least this, you could rewind and forward and that kind of thing. Yeah, cassette tapes. But there's a generation, and I show this to some students, they won't know what to call this. They don't. It's just, they're forgetting. We forget. Some people are born in this day and age and think this is the way life has always been. Electricity has always existed. Electricity has only been around for a little over 100 years. Cars, the same. <laughs> Children will get on a jet blue airplane. This is great. Mom, what was it like for you when you had a TV in your seat on an airplane? That's just recent. <laughs> Flat screen TVs. My grandma had the biggest, ugliest, oldest TV set. She wouldn't be offended at me saying that because she said it herself. This big brown frame, like fancy gargoyle arms, all this stuff like this. Huge TV. I mean, if I took this and laid it flat, it was like two lengths. To the, I mean, huge. And the TV was like this. The tube itself was this. In there, it's just, we got a 60-inch TV in the back, and they come on, this thing is like five inches big because it's just a frame. <laughs> yeah, and when you couldn't change it, you just. You know, everything's digital now. Everything's flat screen. But the generation that is coming and I don't mean this for all the people in the generation, don't misunderstand me, but the majority, the population has forgotten and are quickly forgetting who God is, are quickly forgetting where they come from. Think of the laws that are being passed today. Same-sex marriage. Marijuana is legal everywhere. There's so many other abortion. There's so many things that are happening that are taking away from who God is taking away from God's righteous standard. Let's show the next one, Mr. Davis. Some have forgotten 9-11. Do you know that everyone in middle school or younger, unless they got left back like three times, <laughs> but everyone in middle school or younger was not born when this happened? I, I had a question for my students not so long ago. I said, what's 9-11? They said, that's the number you call when you're in trouble. You need the cops. They've forgotten. 9-11. I was a freshman in college when that happened, 9-11. <laughs> Some Americans don't even know what this is. Here's a scarier one. So many Americans don't know what the next one is. Next slide. Holy Bible. There was a time when Bibles were required to be in the classroom, and that was the main subject taught. Oh, at the least, it was at least a reference book. But now you dare not bring one in. Teachers dare not mention the Bible or the name of Jesus or they're kicked out. Folks, I know this is something you've heard over and over again. But my point is this. People have forgotten who God is. America has forgotten her creator. My wife and I, we went to Washington, D.C. to celebrate our nine-year wedding anniversary. And... We got there on April 26th, the day of our anniversary. We decided that we would walk from the hotel to the surrounding areas just to see and kind of get a... That was a big mistake because the nearest anything, the nearest shopping plaza was like a mile away and it was kind of, wasn't too hot that day. But let's just say we walked over this and over that. We crossed the Potomac River. Very, if you know anything about the Potomac River, it's a very uh, uh, historical river especially during the Civil War, separated Virginia from the northern states. We took a picture there, and it was just very beautiful, very beautiful, very awesome to be there. You could sense the history in the place. And the second day is when we really got started. We went to see the Lincoln Memorial. We went to see the Washington Monument. We tried to get into the black, uh, what is it, the National Museum of African American History, part of the Smithsonian couldn't get in. It was sold out. It's still sold out to August, probably September now. It's been a little bit. We tried to do everything 
we could. We went to Ford's Theater where Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. He was shot in the back of the head by John Wilkes Booth. He was carried across the street to a house. We went to that house as well. We climbed the, well, at the time, it was the largest building, the tallest building in D.C. back in the day. It was the old post office. And it was 12 stories high with a clock tower that you could overlook the whole entire city. My wife says, the clock tower is open. I said, how do you know? Because Donald Trump Jr. posted it on Facebook. <laughs> so we went. And I said, why does he care? Because Donald Trump bought it and remade it into Trump International Hotel. Look, I don't know where you stand on politics, but this isn't politics. There's one thing I got to give Donald Trump. The man knows how to do hotels. The hotel was beautiful. We got to see not the inside of the room, but the inside, the lobby, the, like the, the, all the, everything else other than inside the room. Marble floors, chandeliers covered in gold with all these kind of lights. I mean, beautiful hotel. This isn't stuff you buy at Ikea. No offense, we shopped there, but this was not Ikea. This was very nice stuff. We got to the top. We overlooked the city. You could see everything, every monument. Every, you could see every. We took pictures. Very nice. But one of the more profound ones or profound places we went was the Jefferson Memorial. We saw that, I think it was Friday, that the week we went. Let me first say this. If you don't have three weeks to spend in D.C., you're not going to see everything. So we try to see as much as we could. But the Jefferson Memorial, that was profound. When you get inside the Jefferson Memorial, there is Thomas Jefferson, former president of the United States, standing like this in a big bronze-type statue. I don't know what it is, just big, dark-colored statue, tall like this. And it's a dome with all these Greek columns, white, made of marble. You walk up the steps, the marble's so bright when the sun hits it, it kind of blinds you. It's very bright. Very beautiful to look at. We walk in, there's all these different panels of his famous quotes, famous sayings. While I was there, I purchased a book called The Book of Great American Documents. And it's just a collection of some of the documents of our nation. Listen to this, written in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I came to quickly rediscover that America was founded on its belief of God, Jesus Christ, and the Bible. You cannot pick any president from back in the day and find a speech where he didn't at least mention God one time, the Creator one time, the Almighty one time. Can't. It won't happen. You can't do it. But where is God now? Out of our schools, out of our families, out of our government, out of our laws, because America has forgotten her Creator. I was mentioning to you about the Jefferson Memorial. There are different panels where he had his different quotes. On the third panel, what they call panel three, these were his, this, these were his words. God, who gave us liberty, gave us life. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. What he's saying there is, I feel sorry for the nation, for the people who would forget their God. Because if we forget God, then his justice would awake and he would have to deal with them, rightly so. Think of the nation of Israel. He told them time and time again, you're about to go into the land. You're going to have a great time. You're going to possess land that was not yours. You're going to inherit homes that were not yours. You are going to be so abundantly blessed. And there are so many people in the land, I'm going to chase them out for you. The, the Kenites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Amorites. You've read, if you've been reading your Bible, you kind of, those names sound familiar. 
after a while, you're like, yeah, the Puerto Ricanites, the Dominicanites, the Americanites, a, <laughs> the everythingites. He says, I'm going to kick them all out. Their lease is over. Boom. You're going into the land. It's yours. But, but you must never forget the Lord your God who delivered your enemies into your hand this day and have given you the land. In the day that you forget the Lord your God, surely you will be destroyed. In the day that you worship their gods, in the day that you forsake your God, you will utterly and completely be destroyed just like the nations you are about to possess. Like they are destroyed, so will you be destroyed, he said. Thomas Jefferson was saying, in essence, I feel sorry for the nation that forgets God because they will arouse his anger and forget their creator. America has forgotten their creator. My second point is this. When we remember, we are required to act because remembering requires action. Josiah heard the law in 2 Kings chapter 22. He was rebuilding, and while they were rebuilding, fixing, someone came across an ancient scroll. The scroll had the law of God. They brought it to Josiah. When Josiah read it, the Bible says he tore his robe because he couldn't believe what was read in it because remembering requires action. He said, I cannot believe that we have gone so far from God. I cannot believe that we have forsaken him. You have Baal and Asherah. They're worshiping all these gods, sacrificing their children in fire. Forgetting everything and all the decrees God has given us, we have forgotten. He heard it. He tore his robe. He said, we're fasting. Everybody put on sackcloth. Everybody put on ashes. And let's have a solemn assembly. And they all repented before God. And they said, Lord, forgive us. And then what did they do? Go home and that's it? No. The Bible says that they went throughout the land, cutting down all the Asherah, all the Baal poles, all the idols, burning everything. Reminds me of a story of a missionary who went into Africa. And this particular book, Africa itself, is filled with a lot of um, devil worship, black magic, voodoo, that kind of stuff. And this missionary, he went into this particular village. He preached Jesus Christ to them. The entire village got saved. What ended up happening is all the witches, all the warlocks came. They took all their books, their potions, their black magic, made a big bonfire and burned it all up. Because when you are convicted by the Holy Ghost, there's action required on your part. You see, it's not enough to remember who God is because that's what our nation is doing. They kind of remember him, but they're not putting into action what they remember. When Josiah heard it, he tore his robe. He said, we are going to repent and serve God all the days of our life. And that's exactly what they did. And the Bible says that Josiah was one of the greatest kings that reigned in the Old Testament. So when you remember who God is, it's required that you act. It's not enough to say, you know, I believe in Jesus. But you got to do something to show that you believe in Jesus. You got to train up your children as Tom, Pastor Tom is with his children, in the way they should go. You got to train up that little baby in the way that the baby should go. So cute. You got to train up those around you in the way they should go. Because remembering requires action. Once you remember who God is, now you got to act and do something about it. And my third and final point is this. You are this much closer to eating. My third and final point. We cannot forget. We cannot forget. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Thou shalt, you about to be richer than Donald Trump himself. Uh, you're going to go into the mountains and, and the hills are filled with iron, milk and honey, Hershey s'mores, marshmallow, graham cracker, Bam! You're going to go into a land, there are goats. I'm talking oxtail heaven. Oh, that would be oxes, sorry. <laughs> Nobody corrected me? 
you're going to see goats and make curry goat. They weren't allowed to eat the pigs, but if they let the Puerto Ricans and the Hispanic, penil everywhere, rice, everything, barbecue, this, bar, you're going to have it all flowing. It's yours. Rivers and, and gold and all this stuff, silver, it's going to be all yours. Think about it for a moment. Remember when you were a kid and your parents told you, you know, I'm going to take you. One of the highlights for me, I, remember I, was, I must have been 12 or something like that. You have to understand, I didn't give up playing with toys to a very late age. I was so connected to my G.I. Joes. I love my G.I. Joes. Yo, Joe. Just G.I. Joes. My mother took me to Toys R Us. I was 12 or something like that. And going to Toys R Us as a kid was like entering heaven. It was just, well, I mean, oh, it's just every. And it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Come on. It's your birthday. You in Toys R Us, you get whatever you want. Nothing is expensive. And if, and if your mother, your father says that's too much, you just look, it's my birthday. What are they going to say? Uh, you know, you could pick up that. I mean, Legos are ridiculous. Like $200 for a little box of Legos now, right? But you walk in. Now, I was, I was into aliens and, you know, all this stuff and, uh, and Monopoly. And that's so why I got a Monopoly. I never forget. I bought aliens and Monopoly that day and some other stuff. But when you walk in there, you just, oh, you lose your head. You just go bananas. It's all, oh, you know. And it doesn't even have to be, think of it today. Maybe toys doesn't float your boat, but you go into a car dealership, and there it is, a 2017 Shelby GT Mustang convertible, limited edition, only 50 in the world. I was watching an episode of Blue Bloods. I know you guys don't watch TV. I'm a little carnal like this. I watch TV now and then. I was watching Blue Bloods with uh, Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I., right? He still has the same mustache. I don't think it's ever fallen off his face. <laughs> And the episode was they had stolen the bullet Mustang that Lightning McQueen drove. In the, how many remember that? The green Mustang, bullet Mustang. They had stolen it. And they were made, the guy who, who, had, who had it stolen from me was, they stole my car. They stole. And the detectives are like, okay, we'll follow a report. You don't understand. It's the bullet Mustang. When the detectives hear that, they go, the bullet Mustang? Yes! There's only two of them in the world. I read an article. They found the stunt of the bullet Mustang in Mexico, and they restored it. But the other one, nobody knows where it is. They stole my bullet Mustang. Maybe for you as a car, like, oh. Maybe for ladies, I don't know. I'm not a lady. My wife gets very excited when we go into a, a, a clothing store. There's nice dresses. And especially for my daughter. She could be there all day. All day, all day, all day taking, what do you think? Uh, it looks fine like the other five you had on. Just like Shoes, maybe for you it's shoes. Maybe for you it's a cruise. You like to hear the steel drum. What gets me excited? Going into a movie theater and the popcorn hits you in the face. I could have just eaten like... 10 pounds of steak. If I smell the popcorn, I got to have some. Maybe I just get excited when I'm in a movie theater, especially in a movie I want to see like June 2nd, Wonder Woman's coming out. <sighs> July 7th, The Amazing Spider-Man. July 14th, no, July 30th, Despicable Me 3. I got them all written down, folks. November 14th, Thor Ragnarok. December 19th, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. I love movies. My wife says to me, why are you wasting money buying DVDs? Because I watch them over and over again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I pop in a movie I saw five years. I just like it. Maybe for some of you it's music, uh, food, I don't know, whatever it is. But we get so excited that if the thing that we're excited about becomes our passion, that passion can replace the passion we have for God. 
and we fail to remember him. We cannot forget God. Deuteronomy 8.18, thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Psalm 103.2, forget not his benefits. You have to remind yourself sometimes of what God has done in your life. You have to. I live in a beautiful home. I drive a nice car. My wife drives a nice car. Like the young people say in the rap song, I got money in the bank. I have nice, nice clothes. What else? We go on nice vac. We went to Washington, D.C. We stood in a beautiful hotel. But this boy was raised in poverty. I was born in the South Bronx. The South Bronx. The South, South Bronx, right? According, I don't know if it's still true today. I, I, would, I probably imagine. It is one of the poorest neighborhoods in all of America where I grew up. But everybody was so poor that you didn't think you were poor because the person to your left and your right had nothing. So if you had an extra pair of shoes they didn't have, you, you were rich. You were, you were the Jeffersons moving on up. You know, you just, you thought you were doing it. You were there. But we were poor. How many of you heard of Section 8? Wick, food stamps, government cheese. We had it all. We were the uh, government's customer of the month. Yeah. You walk into the government building where you get the government cheese. There was my family. <laughs> you know, people average, hooked on phonics, work for me. The government cheese, work for me. You can eat government cheese. It'll stop you up for two weeks or something. <laughs> and God has delivered us from that. My mom. My dad, they own a home in Florida. It's beautiful. We own a home. It's beautiful. We drive. I, you have to understand, TJ, you got to understand something, man. <sighs> TJ, I was poor. The first car that my brother owned was a Toyota to sell, 1988. Within a couple weeks, somebody broke his window and stole this radio. A 1988 Toyota to sell. He paid Tony, I think, $850. Tony was a family friend. The car didn't last very long because people kept sitting on it. Things don't last in the Bronx. They sit on your car. They break into your car. The neighborhood kids take a glass from the street. They put it in your tire to let the air out for fun. I don't know. Isn't it funny, John? Looks. I mean, they just. Then he got a Ford Contour. It broke down four times, TJ. Four times. One time on the way from Six Flags, right on the highway, the motor. I said, I'll never touch a Ford. But I can never forget the Mustang. I always wanted a Mustang. I said, Lord, a Mustang. I used to pray, Lord, I want a Mustang or a Corvette. Then I realized Corvettes really don't have a back seat. I said, I can't drive a car without a back seat. It's just, I don't know. I just, it, it seems selfish to me in my mind. It's kind of selfish to, you know, two-seater, you know. Or what if you have groceries? What are you going to do? Hold them on your head as you drive the car? I and mean, there's no back seat. And the trunk was a joke. So I said, Mustang. I, always, I had pictures of my Mustang on my computer in my room. I'm talking big television tube computer, you know. You know, <laughs> America Online, you've got mail. I know some of you still use AOL. You know, the dialogue. <laughs> oh, my God. And I had the Mustang right there. Yeah. It was always a dream of mine. And now I've owned four of them. Four. To the glory of God. I cannot forget that he's done that for me. From a boy who rode the train every day on a metro card issued through the government for the school. Swipe. Now we are so blessed to drive what we drive, to live where we live, to wear what we wear, to do what we do. I cannot forget his benefits. First Chronicles 16, 15, the Bible says, be ye mindful always, not sometime, always of his covenant. There's a scripture where it says, write it upon the doorpost of your house, write it on the gates. If you ever come into our home, everywhere you go, there is a scripture. We, you be in the living room, you be in the dining room, you be in the, you're in the bathroom doing what you need to do. There's a scripture looking at you right in the face. In the garage, there's scripture. Sometimes you, you look down, there's, there's, everywhere you go, there's, 
Scriptures everywhere. Because my wife and I have decided that we have to always be mindful of his covenant. We cannot forget. We cannot forget what he's done for us. We can't. Because the second I start to kind of slip and get kind of relaxed, then I can fall into what Nebuchadnezzar fell into when he said, look what I have done. Look at the nation I have built. And God said, you fool, today, start today for seven years, you will roam around the, the, the land like a crazed man. Your nails will grow longer than that of a bird's. Your hair will grow like that of a beast. And he was chained up like an animal because he refused to give God the glory and the credit for the things that have taken place in his nation, in his kingdom. Because I cannot get lax. I cannot get loose. Maybe you're living in a new house today. Maybe you have a promotion on your job. Maybe you're in a new season and you're blessed. Maybe you're making more money than you ever have. Do not forget what he has done for you. Some of you in here were single before you came to God. Some of you were married when you came to God, but your relationship with your wife, your husband was And God restored it. Some of you were sick and God healed you. All of us were spiritually dead and God gave us life. Hallelujah. You cannot forget. America cannot forget her history. America cannot forget her culture. America cannot forget the sacrifice of the countless people who have died protecting and serving our country. I have a lot of respect. For our military. I really do. And if there's any regrets I have in life, it's maybe I didn't really explore the opportunity of going into the service, into the military. But these people risk their lives, men, women. And let me tell you something, that's scriptural. And Jesus commended them by saying, greater love hath no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. In Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, during the Civil War, over 53,000 people, Americans, lost their lives fighting the North versus the South. 53,000. According to history, there has never been that many lives lost in one battle on American soil ever. 53,000. As a result, there is a cemetery there, a national monument, and it was there that after that particular battle, our president, Abraham Lincoln, gave the following speech. We know it as the Gettysburg Address. It reads, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any other nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this but in a larger sense we cannot dedicate we cannot consecrate or consecrate we cannot hollow this ground the brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract the world will little note nor longer remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we, have, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. And these were his final words. That we here highly resolve 
that these dead men shall not have died in vain. That this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. We cannot forget what people have done for us. We cannot forget the soldiers that have died to give us our freedom. And we cannot forget, most importantly of all, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he has made this nation what it is. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to go out and evangelize the world for Jesus Christ and tell them Jesus is, Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus is soon to come. Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you, and he died for this nation, and that's what makes this nation great because our fathers, our founding fathers, made Jesus first in their lives. We cannot forget. The world can forget. Our politicians may forget. Congress may forget. The president may forget. The Democratic, the Republican, the non-affiliated parties may forget, but you can never forget. Listen, the time is coming as it was in Elijah's day where Elijah said, there is no one left but me. I'm the only prophet left. And the Lord reminded him and said, no, there are several thousand that are left. But the time is coming that there are very few people who really believe this gospel. There are very few people who really take to heart that Jesus is the Son of God. There are many religions that are masquerading as they're a Christian, but they're not. A lot of Jehovah's Witnesses out there, my goodness. And there are only 144,000 are going to the paradise. And I said, well, there must be a competition. What happens to the rest of you? There are some who are saying Jesus Christ is the brother of Satan. There are some who are saying that an angel appeared to me, gave me glasses, and I could read the gold tablet. <laughs> are you hearing me? There are a lot of nonsense out there. But we cannot forget. Look, heaven and earth will pass away. But these words will stand forever. America will never go away. That's what Rome said. Rome will always be here. And they're gone. <laughs> we cannot forget who God is. So in closing, ooh, we got excited. Whenever the pastor says so in closing, we go, all right, I'm about to eat. In closing, people forget. We need to remember, and when we do, we must act upon what we remember. You, you cannot tell your husband, your wife can't say to you, did you bring in the trash? Oh, I forgot, but now I remember, and keep sitting on the sofa and not do nothing about it. Go get the trash. Do something. Remembering requires action. And although the world may forget, we can never forget the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. America cannot forget Jesus on the cross. Don't ever forget him. He's sending you forget-me-nots over and over and over again. And even now, when America is in a lot of trouble, over $20 trillion in debt, I, I dare any of you, right now, I dare any of you, try to find an article that says anything nice about Donald Trump. You can't find it. They attack him so much. I'm not here to discuss politics, but try to find an article that says one nice thing about him when Scripture clearly says to pray for our leaders, not destroy them with our words. How many Christians are contributing to that? They have forgotten who God is. Because if they remembered who God is, no matter whether they voted Democrat, Republican, or not at all, they would at least remember the Lord said, pray for those in authority over you, according to Romans. But they've forgotten. We cannot forget who Jesus is. We cannot forget Jesus in this country because truly America is great because of who God is and who God was in the lives of the people who serve this nation. Honor the Lord. He is sending you forget-me-nots. Forget not his benefits. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we play some worship music back there, DJ? Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Would you with me for the next minute, just pray in the Holy Ghost, just for the next minute. Hallelujah. Shikibra kandelesio koraka. Bandala shikitaye resho kova babasa. Brashikinda rarabase reshikinde. Rokotala shaya nakatelesha darabaki. Kandelele bakabra kuba babase rasha. Ishakara kandelele bashiki kuba babase. Mandele kaya rashikita rarabase. Ronkonda rarabasha. Don't give up. Don't stop. 30 more seconds. Shakara kitara da base rondele kaya. Roko babala sira katiyara shindara. Mandele de kebo bobosa kayara sikita la shaya. Ira katile shokumba balasa. Roko telesha. 10 more seconds. 10 more seconds. Come on. Push in. Brakatele shayara kindara da base. Era shindara da base. Ro shokura kara Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are high and lifted up. There is none like you in all the earth. There is none like you in all the universe. You are truly one of a kind, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. All glory, honor, and praise be to the Father to his son Jesus Christ you are the lamb of God you alone are worthy to take the scroll from the father's hand and judge the nations you alone shed your blood for all mankind's sin you alone are worthy the angels cry holy 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 is the Lord God almighty Oh, saints of God, don't let him walk into this place and you not realize it. Let me tell you something. Ain't no husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, friend. Ain't no TV, dinner, or, or anything else. Car that can compare to the awesomeness and the love of Jesus. The saddest thing is to see Jesus walk into a place. His presence fill a place and we not realize it. worship you Lord and the spirit of the Lord would say I am bringing your heart back to life I am bringing you into a place of fellowship where even as Moses met with me in the tent so the Lord says you and I will meet in our secret place and I will capture your heart and set you ablaze says the spirit of the living God where everything else and everyone else will seem like nothing because you will be so infatuated, so obsessed, and so possessed with my love that the only thing you will want to utter from your lips is, how can I please you, God? Yes, America has forgotten me, says the Lord. But there is a stirring even now. There is a stirring even now in this nation oh do you think I'm here to be your friend says the spirit of God Jesus said I come not to bring peace but a sword father against mother children against their parents parents against their children for I am using my servant now even in the white house says the Lord this is going to make some, <laughs> some Democrats, Republicans, if you're into politics, this is going to upset you what the Spirit of God is going to say now. But I am using my servant even now in the White House, says the Lord. And yet they are attacking him and attacking him and attacking him. For we are not battling flesh and blood in this nation. It is not about civil rights. It is not about abortion it is not about same-sex marriage for the battle that you see now says the spirit of god is light 
versus darkness. It is evil versus good. And the Lord says, be the salt of the earth. Be the salt of the earth. For many who were salty have lost their flavor and are good for only one thing, trampling. Uraka. For there are many, there were many who started out for me, but have sided with darkness. And now they're being trampled all over by the beliefs of those who do not serve me. I have called you to be a light. I have called you to be salt. I have called you to be fire in this earth, says the Spirit of God. Do not compromise. Do not quiver or shake when the person next to you does not serve God and makes threats. Do not be afraid of what the government will do to you. Do not be afraid of what they are threatening you with, says the Spirit of God. But you speak my word. Rokobababasha. 